In this episode, we're going to be talking about a subject that has been on a lot of people's minds recently. With the, uh, the quarantine and all that, it's online play. Now, I'm going to assume that Pete wrote these notes because I didn't. Splendid. Okay, so Pete, do you want to sort of take it away and lead us in, take us home country road? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of people obviously in the isolation now and uh, can't get together with their face-to-face groups. And it's going to be long haul. You can all see that. So people are are trying to find a way to get online gaming. And there's so much choice for people nowadays. But when you you look into it, I know I was the same sort of last year, not looking into online gaming. It's like, where the hell do I start? And I've just recently got my face-to-face group online. None of them had done any online gaming before. And I think you've got to break people in gently um, when you first start off. I did I did it very simple. Um, it was with a set up a Discord and did it audio only. But I would say anybody that's thinking about it, start simple. I'm talking of like Google Hangouts or um, Google Duo or Skype or even Zoom if you've got access to that. Just start off with something simple. Um, don't try and get ahead of yourselves and just play theatre of the mind um, face-to-face and roll your dice at home before you start branching out. That would be my first suggestion uh, for anybody that's thinking about it. Don't go sort of balls deep, as it were, into one of these VTTs. Yeah, I, 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 sorry, you, you've thrown me in there. <laughs> Don't go balls oh, deep. I'm editing it. It is not getting cut. <laughs> no. I, I, I was going to agree with you, though, Pete. Um I say I, I entirely agree, Pete. That like if you, I, I know like sort of like back in the day when like Google Plus sort of roamed the landscape and Google Hangouts was all the rage. Literally, all the games I ran sort of like for the first good few months were just a Google Hangout video conferencing window with like me, a few players. It was all theatre of the mind. Uh, we were all rolling our own dice on a table. We all had our own character sheets written on paper. We were just using like Google Hangouts, and that was very easy. And it was only once I got more comfortable with that, I then started looking at increasing like some of the automation I was using and like doing like slightly more tactical maps and stuff like that. I mean, all you really need is the ability to talk to your players. And if you're using something like Google Hangouts or something like that, you can share. Um your screen or share images. So if you've got a, a map that, uh, as you're running it, you can easily share that with your players. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely into that. I, th- I think part of it might also be the type of game that you normally run as well. So if you, if you run with minis and a tactical map and everything else, perhaps you're going to be tempted to try and replicate that straight away because that's what you do. Mm. I, I tend to run theater of the mind and, I run a fairly sort of low prep and improvised kind of game. Yeah. So it's been perfect for me just to hop on Google Duo. And I've, I've talked about that. And, and that, that's worked out pretty well. And and maybe maybe what, what was putting me off was the fact that the online gaming that I had done hadn't really experienced too many people running a super simple game. I'd only really 
played in games where people were using Roll Twenty. So it's, you you could be mis- you could be forgiven for thinking that there was an expectation. Mm-hmm. I think there. it's right that you were saying that the the type of game you run can influence what solution works for you. Because I certainly know, as I was saying when I first started, I was mainly running like Fate and like very sort of systemically simple games. So I found it easier to run these simple games, Theatre in the Mind, than as I sort of started knowing a little bit more and I started looking more at Roll20 and stuff like that, was when I was first starting to discover the OSR and the more sort of traditional like sort of dungeon crawly stuff where I was like, oh, I can see why this would benefit from using Roll20, whereas before when I've been running Fate, I was like, I don't really need it. I don't see what it, it's giving me. Yeah, so I've got, I've got on the technical side, I've got no wisdom here whatsoever because, you know, I mucked around with Roll20 for a bit, but then I quite quickly found my way towards, yeah, a game that was closer to the one which I would run around the table, which, you know, where, where I, I wouldn't be using minis, you know, unless I'm playing Savage Worlds, I'm not really using minis. Um, and so people are rolling their own dice. And so all I need in the technology is to be able to hear people and see their faces. You know, and actually, actually, that was one of the things when I was using Roll20, I had the screen. I wasn't getting so much of everybody's face. And that's the big difference I noticed when I moved away from that. I'm not down on Roll20 at all. Um, but it's quite important to me that I can see people's faces because it's it's another one of those. You're still not around the table. It's one of the ways you read people. And the only thing, I mean, maybe we'll move on to this later when we finished on the technical stuff. But yeah, the only thing really I think I've got in terms of advice are around things like, systems for turn taking and things like that which have mm. to work a little bit differently than they do around the table because people can't give you the same cues um and that's the only that's the only wisdom i've got really otherwise yeah it's just we're all, you know it's just much like we're all around the table i can yeah. see people i can hear people they're rolling their own dice i'm not interested in dice rollers and they've got their own character sheets and it's exactly how i would run it around the table yeah and unfortunately for, for my face-to-face group i think there's only two other people have got webcams so we've had to do it all audio it is a lot harder with audio only because you don't get the, the visual cues because usually when you're looking at other people's faces, you get the idea that they want, they've got something to chip in. So it is a bit harder and, and you do get the occasions where people try and talk over each other, not intentionally, but it just happens. Um, but yeah, sometimes yeah. You, you've got no choice to do but to do audio. And that, But that's where that's where actually a bit of formality around turn taking yeah. can be quite useful you know mm. something like i mean lots of these games do you know osr games do break things down into the turn sequence yeah. the round sequence so actually you can just say right this you know for this has all got a little bit tense and complicated so for, for now I, I can see people's names up there i'm going to just go to you in turn and it's a yeah. little bit artificial yeah. but i find on the online so i've some games I've got where you roll initiative each round. I've just stopped doing that uh, because when I've got a bunch of people, it just it slows things down. Yeah. And actually, it's good to have just an established turn order. Yeah, um, I mean, in, in the face to face, I was I'm always a big fan of uh, round to round initiative. But now online, uh, I just roll it once at the beginning of the combat, as Dave says, right. and, and keep yeah. it going because and it moves so much quicker. Yeah, I mean, likewise. Some games, like I, I see RPG likes to have a nice turn yeah, yeah. anyway, doesn't it? Some games yeah. really make a virtue of it. Um, and, and, and I think that's a reason why ICRPGs really hit it off in the uh, on online games in this pandemic, because it's a simple system that uh, people can run easily. Yeah, I was going to say one of the advantages that I, that I have got from using Roll20 is I've done a fair few macros on that. So basically, 
a person can just click on the token, like click an initiative button, it sticks it on the initiative tracker. I can just highlight all my monsters, go group initiative, they go on there, you sort it, and then you can just like work your way through yep. the initiative table. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to mention is um, if you want to share stuff simply, um, then use Google Docs, uh, Google yeah. Drive, because um, uh, we, we do it on this podcast. You know, we, we share our notes together. We can all add to it. Um, for my face-to-face group, which is now online, I've got all the character sheets on there so they can they can amend their character sheets. Everybody can see their character sheets. You can also use um, Google Present as well for putting maps on there and uh, use tokens. So that's a nice, simple way. If you want to have a map with some tokens on it as a GM, you can just have uh, a presentation with the background as the map and then put some uh, tokens on it and just move it around it if you really need that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can see here in the in the notes we have also got a section on like dice rolling, how you handle your your mm. dice rolling when you're online, and the the three sort of highlighted methods are just the honesty method, just like people roll the dice and tell you what the number is. Um, if you're on Discord, there's dice bots and things like that you can use, or there's various web obviously from Roll Twenty and Virtual Tabletop, some of them have got built-in dice, or you can do macros to do them. Or there's numerous web-based dice rollers that you can use online, some of which allow you to share your results, some of which don't, but obviously you could screenshot them or whatever. But I think if I was if I was gonna say that, I mean if I've got if I'm using a virtual tabletop that's got dice rollers built in, I'll probably use them. But if I hadn't and someone goes, Oh, can I just or someone goes, Can I just roll my dice? Then yeah. I've I found with the um with the virtual tabletops with the dice rollers, it adds a little bit of excitement for players as well because they're all waiting for that dice roll. And if somebody gets a good re- result, they all see it simultaneously. It gets a bit of a, a reaction as well. So I think if it's built in, yeah, yeah, use it. You know, it, uh, it that's yeah. That, I mean, that that is fun when you can see it come up and everyone can respond at once. Yeah. I mean, one thing I noticed in the Black Cat game: some people roll, some people like to use the dice roller. We got that going in the Discord. The Discord one is just that little bit slower. So it yes, does it is, yeah. slow the game up when people because yeah, you've got does, to yeah. enter, you've got to enter the role, and then it's a slight. It's only a second, but it's a slight. Yeah. Whereas just chucking oh, yeah, the dice is. down is a bit quicker. Yeah, so it I does mean, slow things up, and without without having the added benefit. I mean, if you're watching the Discord channel, you can see the result, but it doesn't quite have the same kind of payoff. So I, I tend to prefer it in my game now. People are just rolling yeah. the dice at home. So just it, that's uh, one good good thing if you've got a virtual tabletop, you can set all the uh, as John said the macros mm-hmm. up. And then all the players do is click yeah. a button and it adds all the bonuses together and it makes it so much easier for them. The thing is, I mean, one problem certainly recently during like, the pandemic, and I'm sure Colin had backed me up on this from the from the Midlands game that I run, obviously as like the Roll20 servers are getting more crowded, mm. like things like the... Cause, I mean, we, we previously had like the 3D dice on, so you can see them like, bounce yeah. under the table and the results pop up. But we had a time last session when we were clicking on it, it was to sometimes taking like, five plus seconds to yeah. actually bring the results yeah. up to the point where yeah, they're hanging we, they're hanging we, we had hanging. the really big hit with discord as well the discord audio between sort of 7 p.m and 10 p.m was absolutely awful because everybody else was jumping on i i always have my dice there on the off chance that i can get to mm. use them and I, it's definitely everybody rolling at home is my preferred method and to get the drama, I want people to call out their role. You know, make sure everybody understands what you're doing. Don't just yeah. go into your own little own yeah. little combat there. You know, it's like you roll, boom, I've got two 20s or boom, you know. That's it. I always want to know the natural role anyway because I'm playing the backpack, so it often matters what the natural role is. So yeah. I like it if people just, just, as a matter of course, just read out the natural role. Yeah. Okay, so 
when you're sort of feeling a bit more comfortable with the the basic methods or if you want to try something a little bit more more advanced we were talking about how you could use um increased screen share to show maps and images you know hangouts zoom etc you could perhaps set up your your own discord server so you can have your own channels on it that's like dedicated obviously dave you've set up your own discord server for your various games and yeah. stuff you've got going on. So I, I, I've, I've also done it for, for my uh, face-to-face group as well. Um, set up a, well, it was it's for the club, but yeah. it is handy. Um, we just have a, a channel for each game that we run, and uh, people can put stuff in there sort of in downtime of game. And See, it's not that hard to set up, actually. I, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm toying with the idea for like the two games I'm running at the minute. I'm not sure how much like, value my players will actually get out of it, though. The way I look at it, it's simple to set up, and if it doesn't work, it's easy enough just to close it, close it down. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, of time. I mean, it's only it's only really good for chat. I mean, I make a mistake every now and again. I'll stick something in the Discord because it's when it's come up, you know, like a magic item or a quick ruling, and then it's lost, and I've got to go yeah. back and find it. So I keep having to remind myself that actually what I should be doing is uploading a Google Doc, and then when somebody asks me a question. A link to the Google Doc in the Discord, but every time I put a rule or an item into the Discord, it just gets swallowed up. It gets lost. Yeah. I have that, to search for it to find it. That, that it searches a, across. That is a big trouble with Discord. Discord. It's a real pain. Yeah, because yeah. once it's got off that, so, um, that screen, and people forget it, don't they? And, and it's easy it's to miss. So, and, you have got and, to be careful. Yeah, and you can pin things, but then you end up pinning everything, and yeah, you can't yeah, find any yeah. pins either. So this this ties in with something I've been doing, and and in the notes I mentioned about the between game thing. Another reason why I've quite enjoyed the Google Duo is because you 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 set up a little you set up the group that you're playing with. So when you know when you I mean it's easy for me because I've got a fairly stable group. Um, and when I want to do a call, I just hit the one button. It calls everybody in the group together. I, I was going to ask you, Colin, because obviously I've heard you enthusing about Google Duo. I, I I have no experience of that piece of software myself. In terms of, so like when you're, if you've signed up for it, when you're trying to set up your group, what information would you need to be able to go, right, I want to put these four people or whatever in the group? Okay, so there are a couple of, there are a couple of little limitations. One is everybody's got to have Google Duo, which is free, but you've got to go on Play and download it or you go on the Apple equivalent of Play. Um, I think the advantage of it over Hangouts is I don't think you have to have a Gmail account. You don't you don't have to have a Google account because you can either join with a, a phone number right. or uh, an email. Okay. However, when you want to use it, you need like a Chromebook, an Android device or an iOS device. If you're running a PC or um, an whatever the... Mac. Yeah, a Mac. You can only you can only do a one to one call, oh, right. which is at the moment they're 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 pushing it quite strong, and there's new they're bringing it on a lot, especially now. But um, yeah, because I think that, Hangouts has been I think Hangouts has been sort of abandoned in the yeah. it's not been developed anymore because they're pushing people towards their business suite. But I think Dio Dio is at least being still developed, isn't it? So, I think yeah. Hangout, Hangouts is still about, but by now it's just yeah. sort of like hanging around the docks, like looking sad, playing like a mournful yeah, tune yeah. on its harmonica. Yeah, exactly. well, you used to be able to do all dice, yeah, the dice roller and everything on Hangouts at one time, but they've taken all that out now. It's just video. Only. Yeah, I, I I literally earlier today was. Re- recording on that subject on uh, on 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 the podcast but um 
yeah, so it, it, it's definitely worth a look, and it's got a really good video quality, and it's it's really stable. And even when people are on mobile data and on, um, it's like optimized for uh, for smaller bandwidth and end to end encryption and all that. And I, I don't really that, know why nobody's really talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why no yeah, one's that... talking about it. I mean, to, I to, mean to I'm honest... no technical guru or nothing. I just stumbled upon it and thought. Well, this is okay. I mean, I've got to admit, from my point of view, like, until you mentioned it, I'd just never heard of it. I wasn't even aware it existed. And yeah. it, was, it was only because you mentioned it, I've gone, like, oh, I must, get, I must ask you a few questions about that and maybe have a look into it. But yeah, would, would you say it was one to watch, potentially, if they're adding to it? as? Well, I reckon. I reckon hmm. it's one to watch. Uh, I think it'll probably see off Hangouts. Yeah. Because yeah, that, well, that'll see itself off. They'll wind that down. And is, is it Google Meet? Is there... Yeah, that's their that's their flagship, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, uh, e- evil I, Jeff in the um the chat says Hangouts has been moved over to the corporate side of things. Yeah, and yeah, he's absolutely right. One of the one of the sort of press releases they did at the time when they were scaling it back is that they wanted to focus it more on being a corporate video conferencing yeah. solution, and then obviously the the um oh, I forget what it's called duo. No, no, in, in Hangouts the um. The, the ability for various developers to go in oh, and yeah. access it. The and API sort of, and all that. The API, that's it, yeah. yeah. All, all that, that sort of access was sort of removed and yeah. it was streamlined back down. So it really only does like the video conferencing thing now, which yeah. I think if it had just come in as that, people would have been like, oh, it's video conferencing. But everyone was sort of like remembers it being able to do a lot more and now it can't. Uh, so it feels uh, like a bit of a step down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one to look out for is called Jitsi Meet, and that's a free video conferencing software. I've used that, and that's very good. It's open source, completely free, and it does a lot of the stuff that Zoom does, um, but for free as well. So if you want these of the facilities of, of Zoom, but you want something for free, then check out uh, Jitsi Meet, J-I-T-S-I Meet. So that's another good one. Oh, I'll have a look at that. Thank you very much, Paint. Okay, so... Does anyone have anything they want to say about a slightly more sort of intermediate sort of Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. Um, yeah, so now we get onto the big guns. And I'm going to say before we start about virtual tabletops that I will not recommend one of the other. They all do different things in different ways. And I would suggest that anybody that wants to go down the route of a virtual tabletop, check all the ones out that uh, I mention or I don't mention, and pick which one works best for you in your group. There's free, there's free stuff out there. There's yeah. paid stuff. It will all do a similar sort of thing. It's just what suits with your player style. So, so the first one is probably the one that everybody knows is Roll Twenty. And yes, you can play that for free. You are limited to your storage. Yeah, um, I mean, I was going to say on on that piece. Sorry for butting in. I mean, yeah. I I have like the lowest tier mm-hmm. of like Roll Twenty like paid account, but I used it for free for like five years. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I, I, I was only running a couple of games at a time. When I finished one, I took it off Roll Twenty, took all the space back, and it was only yeah. like after I've been using it for five years, I was like, Do you know what, I probably should throw him a few shekels because mm-hmm. the amount I've been using it. Yeah. So, like you say, it's perfectly usable yeah. for free. The, the big downside to Roll20 is development is really, really slow. And yeah. there's stuff that users have been asking for for years and just never gets put on. Yeah. Um, they have two paid accounts, as John said. One's um, $4 a month or $50 annually. Um, that gets rid of any ads, adds dynamic lighting, gives you more storage. Or if you go for the pro version, which is 
$8 a month or $100 annually, then that gives you access to the uh, developer API, um, character sheets that you can develop yourself and put on yourself. So it does give you more, but then you are paying $100 a year for that. So I did, I did that subscription on the promise of the beta iOS compatibility. Yeah. So if you pay the subscription, USGM can use it on your iPad. No. No, you can't. So no. don't pay that. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, they do say yeah. no yeah. promises, but you can use it, yeah. but you can't. The, the, so the one good thing about Roll20 is that it is browser-based, so it'll work on Linux, it'll work on Apple, and it'll work on um, Windows. So, so that, that is Roll20. I mean, as as we've said at the minute, though, Roll20 is suffering some sort of oh, yeah, it's some quite well, severe yeah. lag yeah. due to like the number of servers and yeah. the increased demand, which yeah. I'm sure most places that like use their own servers yeah. will be suffering to exactly. a greater or lesser extent yeah. but it is worth bearing in mind yeah. that the slightly more popular solutions like roll 20 they're really getting hit by a lot yeah. of sort of people using them yeah. at the minute so so the second one that is most talked about is fantasy grounds um it's a very similar uh, setup to um roll 20 in that um it does similar sorts of things but the uh the thing with that is there's two licenses for it. You don't get it for free. You have a standard license, which is $30 or $4 a month. And if you all have that, you all have to pay that to play the game. So that's the first way you can play. Um, all four, if you had four of us here now, we'd all have to buy that uh, $30 a month one. Or you have the ultimate license where the GM pays $100 or £10 a month. And if he's got the $100 um license then his players can play with the demo they don't have to pay a thing sure bloody well i think they can as well yeah um, but they are bringing out a new version called um fantasy grounds unity and that's in beta at the moment um so that is coming up i don't know too much about that one so that's that's the next big one you heard about fantasy grounds now with both roll 20 and fantasy grounds you can pay extra to get um, proper stuff on there. So you can pay for your WotC stuff, you can pay for your Pathfinder stuff, and they will provide you with official tokens, official books, and all that sort of stuff. But then you are paying extra. It's in digital-only format, so if you stop your subscription, you lose also that. But as long as you, you've got your eyes wide open to that, then those two are, are the big two guns in the virtual tabletop. I was going to say about um, Fantasy Grounds, because when, when I first sort of started looking into virtual tabletops, I looked at Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds. Now, for me, the reason I went for Roll20, whereas I think probably in terms of stability and sort of functionality, once you understand it all, Fantasy Grounds is probably a bit better. Mm. But I think the learning curve for Fantasy Grounds is a lot steeper. Yep. Now, yep. That, that's not a problem for me. I'm I'm okay with technology. So I was like, I'm pretty sure I could master this if I put the time in. However, from my point of view, I was like, if I've got players who are maybe not as technically minded... I don't want to have to say to my players, oh, it's great you're playing in this game. I'm really looking forward to having you in the game. Would you mind doing all of this information systems like homework before you can actually make use of the software? Now, for all its faults, I think Roll20 is easier for people who are maybe a bit less technically minded to get into. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I, th I think Fantasy Grounds as a player would, would probably be easier, providing the GM knows what they're doing, but the GM would have to do a lot of work in the first in the first place the third one i'm going to throw up there which is a bit of a curveball it's called tabletop simulator it's a 3d tabletop for playing what was initially 
are designed to play board games. People are playing um, both war games and role-playing games on there. Everything's in 3D and it does look fabulous. And it is cheap as well. It's 20 quid for a license, uh, $20 for a license, 15 quid. Um, but again, everybody has to pay that. Yeah. Um, but if you're playing a lot of board games and other games as well, I think it, it is worth it. I think for me, with that, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the pricing sounds a lot more reasonable than that. Mm. And I have seen some of like the screenshots and stuff that people mm. do, and it look it does look stunning. You are right. My only, again, my only sort of question would be, what's the learning curve like on it? Because mm. with a lot of sort of, I suppose, top-down sort of virtual tabletop. As a player, it's dead easy because it's... Yeah, I've put, played put, it. Put, yeah, point your mouse and you pick your dice on the table, you pick them up, you throw them across the table. Yeah, I mean, you, I suppose I meant more from a sort of like yeah. a GM perspective. Because like in a, yeah, in a, a G- in a standard yeah, GM, like VTT, I can just drop like yeah. a top-down map in, put some tokens on it. Whereas if it's 3D, is it going to be a lot more complex? The, I honestly don't know. I've not yeah. used it. To show you all something, even though it won't transfer on the podcast, but I've just realised I can share screen, and I don't think any of you have seen it. I shared it with some people over Skype once, but I saw the danger of all these things, of course, and I think they're getting a bit more stable now. But the danger is, I mean, I backed a Kickstarter for something which I had in a sort of beta early app version, okay, and I paid as you do sometimes on the Kickstarter, I paid $100 for the lifetime membership. Yeah. Oh, it's and got it was, it. it was Google Hangouts compatible, yeah. and suddenly it disappeared without trace, mm. no support. No, no one's answering the emails. Nothing. But, but have a look at it. It was the loveliest thing. It's called three D virtual tabletop. tabletop I, I know. Yeah. Came across yeah, I've come across. This it, is yeah. beautiful. Let me show it to you. He's, so I'm going to get. I'm just going to search for it. He's just come back as he's like developing again. I don't know if you got that email, Dave. Oh well, I'm I'm glad if he is. Yeah. Oh, I've lost Zoom now. Let me. Can I just can I just share a screen with you because of, of how of how easy this is, right? So I don't know if this is. Oh, maybe this won't work. So we're in Zoom, aren't we? There we go. Zoom, start broadcast. We'll see if it works. Is that working? No, it's not working. Maybe yeah. I'm not. Oh, yeah, they says I'm. Yeah, there we I'm go. Screen. Yeah, yeah. Can oh, you yeah. see anything? Yeah, your screen. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So here you go. Here's the 3D virtual tabletop. This is how simple it is, right? I would go to the little picture thing and I can just pull directly from my phone menu. So there's the Hive I was using with my Hive group. Nice. And then I go here. And I've got, they've got loads of, obviously, assets in there. But you can see what I've done. I've just added things again from my phone. And there they go. That's Arvidge. From mm. the, and there they are. Right? The beautiful thing is it's a 3D virtual tabletop. So that's pretty I cool. I could do that. In, in, in that you case. Know, and you... I can put a grid on it. Yeah. And it was, and that's it. And that's all I've. That's all I needed, and this is not supported anymore, but that's how quickly it was. Yeah, I'm yeah. putting things from my phone. I'm putting pictures. It's got a grid, um, so you can size them. Obviously, you can anything you get, you can just – it's very easy There's, to just um, overlay your grids, and then there you go. You've got them. Yeah, um, there is – uh, the, the, I was just saying, the, the, the fellow that developed it, he sort of stepped away, and, and he didn't talk to his backers. And there's a side project started up with one of his followers called G-Tove, G-T-O-V-E, and uh, that's an okay. online one. Uh, so they're running that anyway. They're saying now he's come back and he started to redevelop again. But so many people are, are hacked off with him because he left them in the lurch after paying a lot of I'm money. I'm furious, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I thought that but, but was check, so simple and so beautiful. But check Gito out, it does exactly the same as that 3D virtual tabletop. 
I'll, I'll send you a link to that okay, one in the Discord cool. after. Um, so, cool. So if we've dealt with that, I was going to say, let, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, now, so, so, I don't know if anyone knows about it, but I've heard this like, dodgy Welsh geezer like, banging yeah, on about yeah. this one called Map Tools. Yeah, so, so, so Map Tools has been going now for about 15 years. It's a, a free and open source virtual tabletop. Um, it of, often gets overlooked because people say it's complicated. It can be complicated, um, but you can also do it simply. Uh, the beauty of it is that you run it off your own PC and your players c connect directly to your PC. So you're not reliant on the third party. Um, the, mm -hmm. the only downside is that if you've got a router that um, stops, um, it can stop people getting into your uh, network, you may have to set up port forwarding. But if you've got a modern router with you play and play, then it, it, it does work all right. So that is an, another option is map tool. And as um, John said, I've been doing some videos on that one. I was, was going to say because inspired by your uh, your videos, I've been sort of like tinkering around with that mm -hmm. myself. And one of the things I've got to say that really sort of stood out to me, which was a feature I really loved, is one of the things I found difficult in Roll Twenty is if you've got a, a map that you want to use and it's already got a grid drawn on it, oh, getting yeah. the Roll Twenty grid yeah. that's built in to align with your map oh. grid is an absolute pain in the backside. It's Whereas I, I dropped a couple of maps because, into map tools and getting the grid to align was like the easiest thing in the, the world. The alternative is, of course, you just turn the grid off and then you just resize your minis yeah. when you drop them on. That's oh. a bit of a pain because they come on in the wrong size. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. in map tools, because you can you can put your grid on and then you can use like the scroll wheel on your mouse yeah. to sort of like make it bigger and yeah. smaller and you can just quickly so move around. Yeah. It, but, it took me about a couple of minutes to like make the uh, grid aside even hex um, grids the uh, so, so the good thing about it is it's um as it's an open source project the developers are all enthusiastic they're not a corporation so mm. things any uh, issues with it they've got a really active discord um any issues with it they do tend to sort out uh, quite uh, good so that, that, that's one uh, worth looking at what, uh, I was what say, you didn't um, emphasize what you didn't emphasize with road 20 is that the interface is terrible it yeah. is terrible yeah. to actually do yeah. anything on Roll20. That does need to be said. I'm going to put yeah, that yeah, I'm not, yeah. not a great expert or anything, but no. it is, nothing mm -hmm. is intuitive or easy to handle. So, no. <laughs> so anything it, where people are keen to actually improve. Evil, <laughs> evil Jeff's agreeing <laughs> with you in the, um, in the Twitch chat, Dave, that yes, it's terrible trying to do anything Roll20. Yeah. He's also saying that the he thinks the, the learning curve to map tools is quite reasonable which i'd agree i mean i know you're far in advance of where i am at the minute with the peaks you're doing like macros and stuff and i've just started tinkering around with it but it, even at my basic level i was like do you know what i, I could i could well, run a game with a map yeah so my my players i said i've never played online before and the the second session that uh, i did with them i got them all to download map tool i set it all up and got them all to got all up and running with map tool and all they had to do was click buttons and drag tokens around and to be fair they, they got it really quick and i was surprised i thought i would have had more problem with it than i had considering they've never used roll 20 or anything like that but to be fair yeah they, they picked it up but yeah i had to do a little bit of work on the background but again you can set it up you can just have a, a background map and tokens and that's what you need yeah exactly and I'm going to mention two more now, that, um, but they're not out yet. They're in beta. There's uh, the Foundry desktop, which, again, is going to be like Map Tool. You will have the software. You'll run it off your machine. Uh, all your players will have to download it, and they will connect directly to your machine. So that one's coming out. I believe that's this year. 
And then another one that came out, this is beta, and I had a, a demo of this the other night from a guy in America. Uh, it's called Tailspire, and it's very similar to Tabletop Simulator. It's 3D. And wow, the graphics are absolutely phenomenal. Basically, you have 3D um, 3D miniatures, and they are actually like miniatures that you, you drag around. Um, you can set up um, your own um, terrain and buildings. It's so simple, but the effects in it are absolutely amazing. It's like being in um, a 3D game. It's a Oh, it really is. I was going to say, I'm just looking at some pictures now in Steam of it, and yeah. it does look and, stunning. And it's going to be $20 to buy, which I think is, is very reasonable. Um, so, But the one thing I'll, I'll say about both tel, um, um, Tabletop Simulator and I believe Tailspot is going to be the same, there's a large community behind both of them, and there's people that put out free stuff. So you can, every miniature that um, for every monster in... Dungeons and Dragons is available in 3D form on Tabletop Simulator, and you can download that for free. Mm. Um, there's maps people have done, so well, a lot of people have done a lot of work for those two things. So yeah, you can get quite a bit of stuff for that. If you, what about that? What about that thing you use, Pete? That software you use for when you've got a, a TV monitor laying on in your face-to-face -face group? That's, uh, yeah, that that one was uh, is oh, I still got that. It's Arkham Forge Tabletop um, Master's Toolkit. Um, and you can do screenshots of that um, over the what, internet. What if you would? Could you run it and sc share your screen on something like yeah, Hangouts? Yeah, yes, you could. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. But um, for me, Map Tool is, is just a, a bit easier than doing that. So, so that's actually um, resurrected 3D virtual tabletop for yes, me it has, yeah. because mm. of course I can just use that through share screen on Zoom. So yeah. whereas it had just completely bombed because it wasn't any supported through Hangouts and all the other things mm. it was supposed to have been supported through, I can now use that, even though yeah. I think, I think you know, it's only going to last as long as it's compatible with the current iteration of iOS and then it will yeah. disappear eventually. But at least it has, you know, being able to share your screen, which you can do whatever. Yeah. If you can share your screen, you can just do a quick, yeah. quick scribble I, of a map, that, that, capture that is, it on yeah. your phone and bung it up. The, yeah. the the problem always or the developers that, that seem to have with it is with the uh, Apple software is once it changes you know upgrades then the, they have a nightmare then trying to get their latest uh, version to work don't they with uh, mm. Apple software. Okay, guys. So we've talked a bit about the various tools and different sort of techniques you can use online. So how about we talk about uh, some of the other aspects, uh, the, the non sort of hardware and software aspects of gaming online. So for instance, uh, finding players and pitching your ideas for a game to a group of players. Does anyone have any thoughts on that? The first one I would mention is if you look on places like Facebook and Reddit, there are groups out there where you can join to look for players to play games with. Um, there's tabletop one shots on it's a Facebook group that are looking for players and GMs just to run a one shot game. So you can hook up with people um, on Reddit. There's plenty of groups on there where you can sort of look for. Um, it tends to be, especially for fifth edition, it tends to be lots of players looking for GMs. So if you're a GM that likes running fifth edition, fill your boots. There's lots of players out there that are looking for GMs. If you're one of the more, of the more niche games, um, then it can be harder to find players. Um, you've got to try and hunt down. Uh, Facebook groups um, or Reddit groups um, that specialise in those games. I think if you uh, if you want to play one of those games or, or forums. 
We and we could stick a little link on, couldn't we, to the audio dungeon Discord? Get on the audio dungeon. There's always a game going on there. Put it That's in the it. show notes, can't we, John? Yeah, most certainly we can. And Dave is absolutely right. Uh, if you want to get on the audio dungeon Discord, there's always people setting up games or looking for people to run games on there, as well as just generally chinwagging about all things RPG. So you could certainly do worse than looking there. And as Dave said, we'll put a link to the audio dungeon Discord in the show notes. That was Joe's suggestion, um, or at least. It was simultaneous with my thoughts. Well, thank you very much, Dave's thoughts and Joe. And would you would you pitch um, would you pitch what platform you were looking to use, and would you go like I'm going to run Roll Twenty and all that, or would you not bother yeah. people with that at the outset? Yeah, I, I think if you're going to run a game, then you need to be upfront with people how yeah. are you going to run it, because uh, it's some people will will not play certain platforms. Um, some will not use Zoom. Some will not use Skype. Some will not use Roll Twenty. So I think, but if you're up front saying I intend to run it using this for audio or video, uh, this platform, um, and how are you going to do it? Then you're more likely to get success because people know what they're, what they're signing up for. More importantly, tell them what mechanics you're going to use to kill them because yeah. that's much more controversial. <laughs> I mean, tell them whether they're going to die at zero hit points. That's what they're going to be interested in. Really. Uh, and what I, w- what I would say is, if you're playing. A, a well-known game be up front if you're using any homebrew rules in it because if yeah. you suddenly uh, yeah. say oh yeah but in my game uh, uh, druids run differently then you're going to piss a lot of people off I, I, th- I think as well from a purely selfish point of view as a as a gm for me let's say i've got like five or six people who've said yeah we're interested in this game i would far rather say right i'm going to use zoom for the audio and video or whatever and i'm going to run it on roll 20 and i'd far rather have someone go no, that's not going to work yeah. for me. I'll sort of bow out now. That like you get to the first session, you're just about ready to run something. You're yeah. all excited, and then someone's like, "Actually," and uh, yeah, well this hey, this is a great bit of advice, which is Colin's advice originally. I've repeated it dozens of times on my podcast, but you have, you know, yeah. and it's not really about online gaming, but if you are recruiting a new group through one of these forums, do a do a bounded campaign mm. recruit them mm. for you know every fortnight for six sessions like we're going to do an arc it's going to last six sessions that's a bit honestly colin that's a, one of the best bits of advice that i have had in I, a long time i've got to admit like, to be fair you know leave them in for more at the end you know mm-hmm. oh that was brilliant but you know and you can always roll it on yeah commit for five sessions six sessions whatever it is and then take stock afterwards that is the best bit of advice i've had in a long time yeah i've got to admit that i wish that's some advice that i'd have heard sort of like before the two current games i'm running so i think i'd have probably gone with that but it's definitely something i I intend to do going forward because i I do agree sort of having this set point and obviously don't say that oh we're going to run 10 sessions then we're going to end it but if you say right we're going to run 10 sessions and see what we think everyone sort of knows where they stand from the get-go you know what you're heading towards and and, exactly and and you've got to be prepared that players won't turn up um real life happens and whereas a a face-to-face game if you're meeting someone it's probably uh, harder for them not to turn up there online it's it's easy for someone to say do you know what i'm watching tv tonight i can't be asked so you, you have to prepare yourself for that fact that People are going to drop you at short notice. If if you tell them and you get the date scheduled, it's just yeah. that much easier for them to sort of think. Well, yeah, it should be, you know. And just, I'll, I'll, just I'll go to, today um, because next week is going to be freed up. Yeah, that yeah. is the last session yeah. this week. You yeah. know, I've That's got to go it. to the no last session. No one loses face. 
no, when it not, finishes, no one's lost face. No one's looking like the one who goes, oh, yeah. I wanted it to carry on. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I was going to say, just, just to do a, a quick Blades in the Dark style flashback to the earlier part of the conversation, Goblin's henchman has said that he's seen a virtual whiteboard called Sribble or something like or Scribble or Shmepi, something like Shmepi. that. So Shmepi's, something like that. Shmepi's one. So he's suggesting that he's put down Sribble in the... Uh, yeah, there's a few the virtual whiteboards out there you can use. Hmm. Indeed. Okay, so let's jump nice back one. into the, the present day of the conversation. We've talked about, you know, so like pitching your ideas and being upfront, a little bit about campaign duration. Now, sort of fairly recently, there's been a lot of talk about sort of social contracts and, you know, sort of setting boundaries and sort of like agreeing the tone of a game sort of up front. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I personally think, although, although I can't say I've ever sat down and like literally wrote out a social contract, I I do think it's wise to be sort of upfront about the sort of game you're going to be running, unless unless it's by default a certain type of game. So like, if I was going to run a Call of Cthulhu game for you guys, I'd expect you to understand that it's like an investigative horror game. Yeah. But I'd probably still clarify that by sort of, what I mean by horror, because it's a very subjective thing. Uh, and I would also say, uh, be upfront with your players that how long are you going to be running the game for? So if it's a three-hour session, tell them, I'll be running for three hours, I won't be running over. Um, and then at least then, when the three hours is up, people know that that's the end of it. And also it means that they can plan as well the rest of their day. Well, that's I mean, I, I quite often run my sessions for about sort of four hours. And... But when we get to the end of four hours, like if it's like a holiday or something afterwards, I'll say to people, like, oh, are you okay to carry on a bit longer? And if people say, no, we, we could do a wrap it up here, I'll say, no problems. I'm happy to chat for a bit up afterwards, but we're going to wrap up the session here. Yep. Yeah, so I, so mine are always three hours, and I always aim for that three hours. And I could probably be a little bit more chilled than that. I could probably say people call with this or whatever, but I've, I've just got into that routine now. I've always, always, yeah. it's... it's um, it's three hours. Um, I have got a thing about the contract. Yeah. We should stop calling the contract the social contract. If you're going to have a contract, it's just a contract. <laughs> the, the social contract, I mean, it emerged in philosophy because of the idea that it was some kind of imaginary, historical or tacit agreement that we've got amongst us that we don't articulate. We just, uh, we just live with. That's what the social contract is. If you agree, if you sit down and write down or, or explicitly articulate a contract, it's just a contract. You just call it a contract. It really bugs me that people are calling that the social contract. That's coming That's come in from somebody who's half... To, 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 to be fair, I, I, I generally refer to it just as not being an arse. Yeah. Yeah, I would call it setting your stall out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Your stall I mean, out. The, the, reason why, the reason why we don't need the contract is because we've actually got a social contract that's why it bugs me that people call it. I, I, but, I agree um, i agree with colin I, though i, I mean i think it is worth talking about actually because i can even talk i can even talk actually with people here who've all played in the black cat game yeah you know I've, some of the sessions in the black cat game have gone places i didn't anticipate they were going and um and i you know, and I, th I think about some of the other people around on the Discord community who could have been playing those games, and I, and I give all credit to the players who were playing that they knew who they were playing with. You know, we all knew each other, but it was but it was in those games where I thought, blimey, 
if one of these other players was playing in this game, I'd feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd feel weird just because they were there and they were witnessing this stuff that's happening mm. now. So I think it, I think it, I don't know. I kind of think it is worth just having some vague. And again, it goes back to we've been talking about you're playing online, you're getting new people in. If you're getting new people in, you can't just have a general don't be a dick understanding. No. You know, no. if you're getting new people in, I think you do have to say some explicit things. Yeah. You know, because you know, I, I've been playing with people who've known each other, so it's where it's gone is where it's gone. But if, you, if you've got a bunch where you've brought in a couple of people that you don't know, I think you do have to. Yeah, not a contract, nothing, nothing so strangely formal, but you do have to have some discussions about what might happen in this game. And, and what people are okay and with. Uh, and if you're playing with strangers, especially, uh, strangers especially, you need to have some mechanism in there that if it goes somewhere they're not comfortable with, then they've got to be able to communicate that you to the GM, whether it be whether it be by uh, whatever method. There's got to be some way for them to say, Look, I'm not happy about this. Yeah, the lines especially and because, vials, safety yeah. tools, stuff like yeah. that. Especially yeah. because you can't read people. Yeah, you know, yeah. round the table, I'd like to think, actually, I mean, I kind of think that whole thing about gamers being socially inept, you know, actually, you know, we we get over, with experience, you get really good at reading people around the table. There's, there's skills there to being a good GM and you pick things up, but you can't do it online. You can't pick up those cues. You can't tell that someone, you can, round the table, you can, you can cut something off before it gets a problem. Because you can see, you know, people will raise their eyebrows yeah, and yeah. they'll do it at the right time. Or, or the way they're see. shifting about. Yeah, yeah. there's so lots of little cues, isn't it? there's more of a need to do it yeah. in the online context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Goblin's Henchman raises the interesting point in the Twitch as well, that sometimes he thinks, sorry, it was it's Blind Rat who's raised this, thinks that people have a harder time paying attention online around yeah. the table. Yeah. And then Goblin's definitely, Henchman has said... Definitely. It's just reiterated what we've just said, that if you don't know the people, it's doubly important mm. to lay your stall out, as Colin was yeah. saying, and make sure everyone knows exactly where they stand. And, yeah, I've got um, to agree with that. Yeah. Two, two, other things that, two, two other things I would say as well is, if you're running an online game, uh, be prepared that the first 20 minutes, half an hour, is probably going to end up with somebody having technical issues. No matter how many times you've played, there's always some sort of technical issue, so you need yeah. to build that into your play. Um, and, and the other thing is, is, no matter how long you're running for, Build in a a break halfway through or a third of the way through. Tell the players that we're, we're, in about an hour's time we'll have a break. You can go for your cigarette. You can go to the toilet. You can refresh your coffee. Mm. And if people know that that's coming, it, it, it gives them a bit more attention because they know that they've got a break coming up. If, if also I, linked to this discussion, out, outmoded ideas, maybe outmoded, maybe not, but ideas like the alignment system actually really really count. You know, we're not evil. We're not evil characters. You know, if, we, if we're not evil characters, we know that there's certain things that players might be inclined to have their characters do, which they're not going to do because they're not evil. Um, but if you haven't got an alignment system, it's actually worth having that discussion. You know, are, can we do evil things? Mm. Yeah, see, <laughs> which see, actually I don't... covers a lot of the things which might emerge around your table. I, I don't agree with alignments because I like to really push my players. I like to really stress them. I like to really give them difficult choices. Mm. But actually... It's a really simple conversation to have. Will we do evil things? Is everyone cool with that if we did evil things? Alignment, um, yeah, is, is a tricky one. It's a tricky one. And, and then it's sort of like definition of evil as well. And yeah, yeah you, you can soon get into into the weeds. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, just to go back as well, when you, you're talking about uh, there will be technical problems and you have to sort of work with that in your game. I mean, how many times, Colin, have we been doing like uh, – 
the the Middlelands game and like Ian's like dropped out of the Zoom or something like that and yeah. someone will be like oh, oh, oh what do you think about that uh, Fryer or whatever and uh, Rob's dropped out of the chat and I'll be like oh I'm afraid the, the Fryer's like praying at the moment so I'll have to come back to him in a minute and you just move the game along because mm-hmm. alright yeah okay it's not really realistic in inverted commas but it's just one of those things that you have to deal with and I think it's yeah. far better just to skim over it keep the game moving on and not and, worry about it. Cause if if yeah. every time someone drops out of a hangout or whatever, you're like, all right, we're going to stop and wait for him to get on. Mm. And, your game and, and will be sure, so broken up. I was just saying, make sure you have another way to communicate with them other than the uh, the Zoom or the uh, Skype, because if they do drop out, at least then if they're using Messenger or Facebook or Discord, at least they've got some way of communicating. I, I've had games where people have dropped out of the, the video, but I've, I've still played along on, on the Discord chat. Um, so... Well, have, have a backup as well. Well, we we saw that tonight when we because we're using Zoom to record this. We saw that tonight when I'd sort of set up the the Zoom window and I was like looking merrily looking at some other windows. And luckily, Dave was on his phone. And he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah. Pete, Pete and Colin are in like the waiting room waiting to come into the thing." And I was like, "All oh, right, crap! I wasn't even looking at that screen. Right, I'll go and click on him." Whereas if I if it had just been me. I was yeah. merrily doing something else on another screen, didn't notice it. Who knows away, how long you'd have been sat Away with the fairies again, wouldn't you, John? That's it, mate. You, you know me. <laughs> yeah, so I got, I got, I got two things. There. I, I like to have, I like to give things over to players. I like to have players manage things in the background, so all the players can be doing all of that stuff. But on the other hand, I want to be in on everything. So in my, in my games, people post things in the Discord all the time, and I'm trying to run a game, so I'm looking in the Discord. I'm not mm. interested in their dice, but then. After the session, oh, Pete, you do it all the time. You're always posting things. And after the yeah. session, I look in the Discord. I'm like, "Oh, right, that's yeah. what they were laughing at." That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete has posted some images in, in, in Discords when that games when I've been playing. Why? No. Yeah. No, but it's great. But it's all of your Monty yeah. Python references that yeah. could sync a game session are actually all just going on in the Discord. They're all in the back yeah. channel. Yeah, you know, I don't even notice them, so I don't get to get annoyed about them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so we've covered player buying and sort of maintaining focus a little bit. Um, how do people feel about prep for online play? Do you think there's any differences to, to a more traditional sort of round-the-table game? It, it depends the way you do it. Uh, if I take an example for my, my fifth edition game that I started with my face-to-face group, um, I got them all to join a, a Discord chat. We had a session zero, and we actually did the character creation over Discord audio uh, and D&D Beyond and did it that way. So it, it was very much like doing it around a table because we all sat, sat together designing our characters. So that, that is one way you can do it, certainly. See, I blame that Colin for getting us into that fifth edition. I'm waiting until the next time I log on to Spike Pit and the S is like turned into a five. <laughs> five pit. That's that, yeah. <laughs> so, but better than so- the first four pits. <laughs> Colin, you don't like session zero much, do you? And one of the things I like about no, I've the Discord, gone off it. one of the things I like about Discord is that I can just chuck all of that stuff onto there. Like, so loads of stuff about you know things you might that might actually because I mean, you're online, you don't really want to have extended discussions at the end about downtime and stuff like that. And all of that stuff, I just at the end of a session, I just go, yeah, do it on the Discord. We'll do it on the Discord, and that that's quite nice. I like it in the week. In the mm-hmm. week when you're waiting for your next session, you can be doing that stuff in the Discord. You know, is there, are there any rumours? Is there anything? Mm. I really enjoy that. It keeps it ticking over. It keeps my interest going because players are interested. Yeah. They'll ask me things in the rumours channel. They're like, oh, are there any missions for this? Or what about that item? An item which I've completely forgotten that I'd given out. So yeah. I'm well, around well, and saying, well, this is what exactly about what that item? Was... Does it, what does it do? I love all that stuff. 
that that's exactly what I was getting at. It's it's that's then becomes part of your prep because it's and the reason you probably the reason like I think you you like it. It's still your hobby. It's like an extension of your hobby without having to sit down and do. It's like when people talk about the solo gaming. You know, I, I don't really do the solo gaming thing, but it's got some similar thing going on there it's you're sitting you're imagining this other world but with the discord there's a few other people that you're chatting about the game you're chatting and, about the game and your character and i also, and also think it i also think it depends on the group you've got as well in the game i mean i've played in some games and uh, in between sessions there's been no contact between the group at all it's just the way that group worked and you turn up on the day and you play the game so it's, it all depends on 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 the game and the players you've got. I was going to say, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the session zero really, really can depend on the game you're running. So I say I'm, I'm running two games at the minute. I'm running my Midlands game and I'm running like a vampire fifth edition game. Now the, the vampire fifth edition sort of character gen is quite involved. I mean, we spent like sort of four hours on it for like a group of like five or six people. But when you finish that, you've also got like a whole sort of ensemble of like NPCs and associated mm-hmm. stuff that goes with it to the point where I pretty much was like, I don't need to really prep for the first session. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Yeah. Whereas if you said, oh, we're going to spend four hours generating like a D&D character, I'd be like, mm. I've been gaming since 1985, right? And I'd never heard about a session zero because I wasn't in Google Plus, any of these things, until I heard Colin discuss, because it's a long while, your Midlands has been going for a long while now. Colin discussed Session Zero for that game. Maybe, John, you, you were both discussing it at the same time, but Session Zero for the Midlands game. I'd never heard the expression Session Zero before Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> all, 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 all I knew was the frustration of bloody, you know, only having what being sat at someone's house and only having one rule book for third edition, mm. right? So no one can do anything without the bloody rule. You can't do anything without the bloody rule book. And so you all got to sit. It takes someone an hour and a half, Mm. and then you get your look in at the rule book. Yeah. So it takes a weekend for the bloody practice. I I entirely agree with that. I mean, it had been a good few years of me doing online gaming before I heard of the concept of a Session Zero. I mean, when I was playing more sort of face-to-face games, it was literally like you all gend your characters, turned up with them for the first session... And there you were, and then you just sort of cracked on with it. So, yeah, I mean, I've played other online games where the GM has said, "Right, this is how you design your character. Go away, do it, and turn up at the first session." And we've the first time we've seen all the uh, the characters is on the first session, so you, see, you can do it nicely. See, there well. you go, Pete. Back in my day, you were look, you were look, you were lucky if the GM just sort of told you what campaign it was, and then you yeah, turned yeah. up with a character, <laughs> and you just had to take but, what you got. But but PDFs and trim rule systems have made all of this easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. See, part of the reason why I, I asked... Sorry, Dave. I thought you was no. done. I, um, part of the reason why I asked about the online prep is because I, you, the fellas like you, who use Roll20, how do you get enough information into Roll20 to be able to not just railroad the players through what you've got? You know, well, just... You know, I can't speak for other people, Colin, but I I have a I have a little like back like little cheeky little backup system that I uh, that I use for my prep, and I, I like to call it the A5 notebook <laughs> because as we were saying earlier, Roll Twenty does have some limitations, and as like a campaign wiki, 
it, it's not great to be honest with you There's no few... but all the maps and that you, you if people are expecting these tokens and monsters moving about and dynamic lighting and floor plans and all of that i mean your the... notebook your notebook don't help you with that side. the way the way i've done it in the past not so much with the midlands game so i've got like a roughly an idea of where you're going in that yeah. Um, yeah. when i've been running i don't know like you're slightly more sort of like west marches style game or whatever if i get to the point that like, oh we're gonna go into this random dungeon and i've got nothing for it w what i'll do is i'll do one of two things i'll either just go right let's just go with it and i'll use the draw tools to just like draw yeah. it out as we go along right or if I can go online and quickly like find a map, mm. yeah. I can easily just go, all oh, right, we're going to have a five-minute break, nip to the low, refresh your drinks, okay. whatever. And in that yeah. time, I'd just be like, boom, drop a map in. doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All the tokens for like most of my regular monsters and the players are set up. I can drop a few yeah. things on there. It's not so going to have all the fancy lighting and whatever, but... Yeah, what I tend to do is, is, is collect maps. I keep them in a folder, and then so I've got like a, a map of taverns, a map yeah. of churchyards. And then if I do go somewhere that I'm not expected, at least I can just plop it on, on the screen then. so and That's kind of what I, I imagined you might mm. say. Quick, yeah. Quickest way for me on Roll20, which I arrived at towards the end after having loads of fun. You weren't there, Colin, in the one with Alfred. I'll tell you about it. I'm sure he has. When I was trying to, they said, no pressure, but do it. <laughs> And I was there for about 40 minutes just trying to sketch like a, I don't know, like a cloister in a oh. university college, like basically two lines with some alcoves they could hide in. But I've, I've realised that well, I could just I can just draw it on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. take a photo on mm -hmm. my iPhone yep. and then just drop it onto yeah. the map and stretch mm -hmm. it as big as I want. And that's actually the quickest way I can do it. Yeah. And that's that looks exactly how I wanted it to because I just drew it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, cool uh, idea. And then a bit of software, a bit of software that I would recommend if you are into doing your own maps is one called was well, two Dungeon Draft and Wonder Draft. Wonder Draft are drawing worlds, and Dungeon Draft has just come out. That's twenty quid, um, and it draws dungeons and uh, floor plans super, super quick. So if you're into that sort of stuff, then check them out. There's also that um, on um, itch. There's that random like one page yep. dungeon yep. generator. Which oh, good, yeah. is brilliant. You can just be like, click, click, and it. Yeah. You just like press and enter, and it will regen a random dungeon. Yeah, and it, you can just export it as a PNG and drop it straight. Yeah. In. And it's also got a, a city generator as well. I don't know if you spotted that one. Yeah, yeah. So cities and towns. So yeah, there are tools out there. Um, if you search for them, there are plenty of tools. I, I mean, that can I mean also as well. I mean, well, you're obviously you have access to the internet. You're running a game online. If you go onto Google and type in like. RPG map churchyard or RPG oh, map tavern, yeah. you will get hundreds yeah. of them just pop straight yeah. away, and you can easily just click and save one, mm. drag it into whatever your virtual tabletop of choice is, or yeah. screen share whatever you're doing. You, you can do a whole campaign just yeah. off of what dice and logos and, is put up on yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you're on Reddit, then the two channels I recommend is um, Battle Maps and DD Maps. Uh, they have loads of free maps on there every day. New maps going on, so just have a look through there, and you can search them and find whatever you want on there. Yeah, it's just it's just with, the off piece. It's the off piece stuff mm. is the thing. Because yeah. I'm running at a pretty frantic pace when I run. It's all a bit blah 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 blah, like yeah. you know, flogging stuff down the market. Well, what, what, what I would do is is, is look for things <laughs> like you know. Uh, Search, search. You know, we just get some in your back pocket. So you've got a, a tab. You've got a tavern. Yeah. You've got a churchyard. Yeah. Um. You know, a castle, a keep. You know, just get, get a dozen or so of the generic ones, and then keep them in it's your. It's like back a pocket. name list, isn't it? One of the best yeah. bits of advice yeah. I ever read was just when you run a game. 
have a list of names. Yeah, and just cross them off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so of, simple, but so yeah. effective. One of the things I do with maps as well is um, two-minute tabletop has like a patron and he puts out maps on it, but he also makes available like a lot of free, ones, free yeah. stuff as well. And he yeah. does a lot of what he calls asset packs, and they're just like little things you can drop onto maps, like trees, piles of rocks, yeah. um, oh, right. tree trunks, stuff like that. Yeah. And like, for instance, the um, the one where you were fighting the Beast Man in my Midlands game, I just dropped a map into that, and then oh, yeah. I've got a lot of these assets, like trees and stuff like that I'm going to yeah. use regularly, set up in Roll20, and I can go, oh, I want this map to be a oh, bit right. different. Tree, yeah. tree, tree, rocks, tree, whatever. And you can just change it like that. And I can do that. Now I've got it all uploaded. I mean, obviously there's a bit of time to do that, mm, but yeah. now I've got that, I can easily just drop a map in and then sort of tweak it to like my own particular specifications. Yeah. I, mean, I did, I did that on 3D virtual tabletop as well. I just yeah, had a whole yeah. thing, were just like character tokens, yeah. but I could just drop them on. Even bits of wall you can drop on as character tokens. Yeah. But another thing I really enjoy is is doing your old, you know, your bits of biro, your biro graph paper maps, and then actually doing the decent scan of those or a capture of those and then putting them into something like roll 20 i mean the first time i did that was with um was with the train thing i don't know if you remember it in my in our in our um king of dungeons game colin but i just i just drew out the train on like a bit of graph paper and then put that down as a map and then it's really fun like doing really highly produced assets but down onto a map that you've just scribbled with a pyro or something Mm -hmm. like that it's actually a really nice you know, it's actually a nice juxtaposition on the screen. It's kind of kind of fun. So, what about this thing? Uh, I don't know if Goblin's henchman is still there, but he talked. He caught my imagination a little bit with his idea of um, doing like writing adventures using spreadsheets and then populating your dungeon with. I think it was like each room would be a a row or something like that on the spreadsheet. And he even talked about, like, you could use the spreadsheet as a map and the yes, cell, yeah, yeah. The cell yes, could so, be the grid and yeah. things. So could you could you link – so say you did, say you did for argument's sake, just a normal random table mm-hmm. on a spreadsheet and, and you got a result of that table, presumably you could link to images and maps and resources off of that spreadsheet so that – you could click on click on it, get a result, hit some yeah. sort of hypertext or hyperlink or yeah. something, and it would open up an image. Yeah, if you use something like Google Sheets, then yeah, absolutely, yeah. you could do that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you might be conflating two things though, because Hench has got that lovely thing where you can make maps just off an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, there's that as well. Yeah, so you can yeah. just yeah, you, you can just yeah, that's yeah, cool. map for yeah, Excel. not that yeah, not that so much it was his other thing and i can't remember the detail oh, of it now but he, he well, was, maybe you'll send us a link to it yeah we'll share it yeah he was talking about using spreadsheets more in uh, maybe writing or presenting your adventure now but but you because you can go on them and, and zoom into them and stuff can't you so you can yeah. get all your adventure on the one spreadsheet and then just click on the seal on the cell and there's yeah. like a little macro and it opens up and that shows you yeah all your bullet points or however you've oh, done okay. it yeah. yeah, so how you organise your notes. Yeah, like a, yeah. Yeah, a way to manage manage it all on yeah. one screen. Okay, guys, so I'm aware that time's getting on a bit. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about online gaming? All, all I would say is that if you've not tried it, just do it. It, it will definitely change your life. Um, as as we all around the uh, here will say, that once you discover online gaming, 
and it opens up a world of possibilities, new players, new systems, and it's a lot easier than you think. So that's it for this episode. Thank you very much to my co-hosts, Dave Aldridge, Pete Jones, and of course, Colin Spike Pitt Green. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app or drop us an email, purplewormpodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. Until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming.